You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We're, uh, we're looking at, as a church, this reality of our identity in Christ. And you know, when we come to the Lord, we don't remain the same person. At the moment we say yes to Jesus, something changes in us. Actually, not just something, everything changes in us. We become new creations. And right from day one when we're born, someone else gives us our name. We're part of a family we didn't really choose. Our gender, our race, were not things we choose. Even our economic standings in the family we grew up in may not have been our choice or not our choice. Our giftings, our talents, our looks, all of these things actually are not our choice. We, we're, we're born into this world with all of these things. And some of those things can be positive, some of those things can be negative, some of those things can be confining, can be holding us back. But also, when, when God looks at us and He sees us, and actually before time began, He knew you, He thought of you, He knew exactly who He wanted you to be. And we're born into this world in, our fall, in a fallen state. We, we've got, you know, I've often said we, we don't teach children to be naughty, they're they're bad all on their own. Um, because there's a, there's a fallen nature in all of us, right? We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But when God thought of you, he saw who you would be in Christ. He saw what Jesus would look like in your life. His perfect identity for you, he, he thought of before time began. He thought, that's, that's what Eliana's going to look like with Jesus in, the, in, in her. That's the perfect picture. That's what I'm creating and for each one of us, He creates us in His image. He creates us in, a, in His plan. And when we give our lives to, to Him, we're given this identity that isn't something that we make up. It's something that He predetermined what we would look like based upon who He is and what He's done for us. This month, we've looked at various things that, uh, of what this means. And, and the, one of the first things we looked at is that you and I are sons and daughters of the Lord. We're sons and daughters of God. We're part of His family. And no matter what your earthly family has looked like, actually, you're part of God's family. You're part of His, uh, His family. And, and we, we don't just have a, a father that's a capital F father that we're distant from, but actually we have an Abba father. We have an intimate relationship. He calls us into this intimate relationship with Him. We're sons and daughters of the Lord, but we're also... Because we're part of his family, we've also been written into his will. We've been written into his plan. And so when, when the will was put in place, this new covenant, Jesus died so the will could be put into, into action. And you and I were heirs of the will of God. All of the promises in this book, your name has been put beside. All the promises of eternity your name is put beside. Who is the heir of God's kingdom? You are. You are a co-heir with Christ Jesus. So all that Christ Jesus has received, actually, we share that with Christ Jesus. We rule and reign with Christ Jesus because we're heirs of the kingdom. That's why we're, well, we're part of the family. And at the point we say yes to Jesus, your name is written in the will. But the will is already in place. It's amazing, isn't it? He's already put the will in place. And so we, we have all that God has provided. We, we receive it in Jesus. 
We've also looked at the aspect that you and I are temples of the Holy Spirit. When we give our lives to Him, His Spirit comes and dwells in us. You and I carry His presence everywhere we go. There's no place on this planet you can go that God's presence is not still with you. If you go up to the International Space Station, the presence of God is still with you. I haven't been there, but I assume that's true. Because he says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. So if he's with me, he's with me. If he's in me, he's in me. And so with that, we have the opportunity to bring his presence into every environment we go to. Every situation we face, we're bringing his presence there. We're able to activate uh, his plan and purposes because he's in me. I don't need to pray for him to be in me. He is in me. But also he then calls me to honor him with my body, honor honor him with everything that I am, everything that I do. Last week we looked at this, this, also this reality that you and I are defined to be free, right? We're not slaves to anything. Nothing has a hold on us because Christ Jesus paid the price over all things. We're no longer slaves to the law and to sin. And in our freedom, he's given us the power to continue to walk in freedom, to overcome sin and death. We've, we've been given all the resources to walk in complete freedom. You are free. Now, the enemy would have you to believe otherwise. He, he wants to enslave us. He wants to steal all of that, that freedom. But actually, we are free. We're able to walk in our calling that God has called us to. And we're free to serve the Lord. We're free to serve one another, as we found the scriptures to say. And this last week in our life groups, we looked at the fact that you and I, Christ calls us friends. What a reality. Or what an awesome thought. Jesus, I don't call you servants. Because the servants don't know the business of the master. But actually, I call you friends. And everything that has been made known to me, I will make known to you. You know, you're a friend of Christ. Christ looks at you and calls you friend. If you think this morning you have no friends, you're wrong. If you've given your life to Jesus, you've got a friend. A friend that will stick with you through thick and thin. A friend who reveals to us the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Because again, his spirit lives in me. He communicates through his spirit to our spirits. And you know, we can know the thoughts of God because our friend lets us in on the secrets of heaven. Wow. We've got a good friend. And a friend, in the passage that we looked at in life groups, we have a friend. Jesus says there's no greater love as anyone to lay down his life for his friends. This is the love of our friend for us, for you, for me. The one thing he challenged us in that passage of Scripture is that if you want to be my friends, my friends love one another, right? And if you're going to be part, if you're going to be a friend with me, I, I died for you, I love you this much, I'll tell you everything I know, but you've got to love the person beside you. That's my one requirement I'm asking you. You've got to obey my commands. Love one another. And so we're a friend. We're all of these things. These are part of our identity. And today we're going to look at one more aspect of it. And it's in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 12. We're going to start here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 12. It says, Therefore, remember that you formerly were... Sorry, remember that formerly 
You who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done by the body, uh, in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Okay, guys, that's us. We were born into a situation where we were separate from God's plan. We were separate from the, the, uh, a relationship with Him. We were excluded from the citizenship of God's kingdom, foreigners to the covenant of the promise of God. We were without hope. We were without God. This is the state that you and I came into this world with. We weren't, you're not born into a relationship with God. Actually, we're born separate from God. But verse 13 starts with this word, but. You know, but is a good word in the Bible, especially when it starts off with where we were at. And then we see the word, but. But now Christ Jesus, who once, uh, I'm struggling to read this morning. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we'll, this, this reality that actually this, this line has been drawn, or sorry, the line has been removed, and actually, although we were far away, Christ has brought us near. And then we're going to read just how, we, how he's done it. Verses 14 to 18. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law and his commandments and regulation. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He became, he came and preached peace to those who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. He became our peace. Christ dis uh, abolished in his flesh the law and his commandments that would otherwise say that you're separate, he removed all of that. He, he, he made a way. We've looked at that in the past weeks. He made this way. We're no longer Gentiles and, and uh, Jews or Israelites, the, the kind of the chosen nation and the non-chosen people. We're, all of that has been removed. Actually, it's no longer about being slave or free, white or black, a Jew or Gentile. Actually, all of those things are irrelevant now. Jesus, in his coming to the cross, removed all of those things. And actually, in him is created one nation, one people, one, uh, one group called by his name. And so actually, it does not matter where you're from. Those, it says those who are far away and those who are near. The near ones would, would have been the Israelites. But actually, those who are far away are you and I. He made this peace for all of us. Yes, he made the peace for all of us. He created a new man. The external is no longer important to any of us. We all have access to the Father now. Now, here's the point of where we're getting this morning. Consequently, as a result, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become the dwelling place in which God lives by spirit. 
We read the last bit of that a couple of weeks ago. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. When we, again, give our lives to Jesus, you and I become citizens of heaven. In this room, if we were to say, where are you from? All of us would probably say a nation, right? I'm from Canada. You're from England or Italy or somewhere else. Part of our identity, right? Where we're from. Actually, at the part, when, when we give our lives to Jesus, we suddenly change our nationality. This is actually, if you're from here, this is not where you're from. This is not your origin. Actually, you're now belonging. You are now a citizen of heaven. You're now, you're not foreigners in God's kingdom. You are from God's kingdom. That is not kind of separate from you. You are part of that kingdom. Actually, what's shifted is now you're foreigners here. Okay? There's a reality in scripture that says this. We're no longer, this is no longer our our home, our, 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 the place where we would identify ourselves, but actually we are now aliens here. We are now foreigners representing his kingdom here, but actually we are from somewhere different. We're born again. Being born again means we're born into a new place, into the kingdom of heaven. We're now part of another place. Philippians 3, verses 17 to, to uh, chapter 4, verse 1. So Philippians 3, verse 17. It says, Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I've told you before, and say, say again, even with tears, many of live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomachs, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will become like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Citizens, when we are citizens of a country here on earth, we receive certain rights, privileges, and protection from the country we are from. Correct? If you are from England or from the United Kingdom, you have certain privileges and rights. You're entitled to free health care. Yes, you can wait for five hours long at, 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 at any place for free health care. But do you know what? There's a lot of countries that you don't have that. America, they don't have free health care. That's something that every English or every United Kingdom person, British person, is entitled to free health care. You're entitled uh, to receive protection from the military and the police. You have the, the country's police system and military giving you protection. And even when you're in a different country, they're still protecting you because you are a British citizen. You have the right to a fair trial if you're accused of something. If you go to court, the, the system is set up so that you should have a fair trial. You're not just guilty because someone says you're guilty. There, there has to, you, you have an opportunity to defend yourself. That's part of the privilege of living in this country. Countries like North Korea do not have fair trials. Yes, or China or other places in the world. That's part of what it means to be part of this society. 
You're entitled to social assistance if you need it and if it's available. You can exercise freedom of speech. There's the freedom of the press. There's the freedom to worship. These are all things that come being part of this, this country. Amazing. Okay. United Kingdom is a great place. There's a lot of things that we're entitled to here. I'm not from this kingdom, though part of the Commonwealth Kingdom. So I guess it's, we were established by England a long time ago in Canada. So the same values come across there as well. But when we look at what does it mean to be a citizen of heaven, there's some godly um, principles that apply to us there just like they do here on earth. When God says you're part of my kingdom, you are now a citizen of heaven, there's a lot to be said for that. If you're from a country that you cannot travel without visas and, and all of that stuff, do you know what? You realize how valuable it is to be from a free country. If you were born in North Korea, I tell you what, your life would look a lot different. They don't choose, you don't choose where you're born from. But when we become part of the kingdom of God, we receive all of what comes with being part of a citizen of that kingdom. Okay? And we're going to look at a few of this this morning. We have God's protection. We've, we've sung about it this morning, actually. In Deuteronomy 31.6, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, he spoke that to the Israelites, but remember, because he's now formed one body, everything that's spoken to the Israelites in the Old Testament is ours as well, because we're now part of the promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you know what? If God is protecting us, who can stand against us? Come on. We're part of the kingdom of God. He can't, the enemy cannot touch us when we're in him. We've got a heavenly passport. Everywhere we go, we got immunity from the forces of the enemy. Psalm 91.11 says, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. I want you to say all. He will command his angels to protect you, to guard you in all your ways. How many ways is that? It's a lot of ways. Everywhere we go, do you know there's angelic beings protecting you and guarding you in all your ways right now? You don't see them? You might think they're not there? I tell you what, God is commanding them to look after you. Why? Because you're a citizen of heaven. And when you're part of his kingdom, he sends bodyguards. That's part of the protection plan we get. You and I don't need to walk in fear because God is with me. You know, the enemy moves to in this realm of fear and lies and I'm alone and I got to fight this and oh, he, 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 he blinds us with all sorts of s stupid things. When all the, the while, we can call upon the kingdom of heaven and say, do you know what, God? I'm part of your kingdom and the enemy has no hold of me. The Bible says, actually, if we submit ourselves to God, we can resist the enemy and he will what? He will flee from me. Why? Because I'm a citizen of heaven and he can't touch me because I'm a citizen of God. And why does that matter? Because he is the superpower. You know, right now we've watched the, the inauguration of, of Donald Trump and there's a lot of talk with that of what's this going to look like as he exercises whatever he's going to exercise. And this whole thing about being a world power is kind of suddenly come into light. Is it Russia? Is it America? Is it Korea? Is it, you know, nuclear arms? All that? But you know what? There's a God that is supreme over all those things. And why is it important 
that we are part of a kingdom that is supreme is because no power is over God's power. When Jesus came to the earth and he died on the cross and he disarmed the powers of the enemy, he was exalted to the highest place above every principality and power. He seated us with him there as part of his kingdom. And the enemy can't touch us because we're part of a kingdom that is the superpower. And so you and I are not the underdogs. We're not people that are just struggling. We're part of a force. We're part of a kingdom that is advancing. It is moving. That will not be shaken. That will not come down. That doesn't matter what government is elected around us. You know, we're part of a higher kingdom. And His purposes will be fulfilled. That's the God that we serve. That's what it means to be part of His kingdom. That's what it means to be a citizen of heaven. It does not matter what country you are born. When you come to Christ, you're from a better country. You're from a better place. I'm protected as a citizen of heaven by God's holy rule, by His heavenly rule. You know, Tom opened this morning reading Romans chapter 8. And you know, I have it here as well. That nothing can separate me from the love of God. You know what? The love of God is also the care of God. No principality or power can separate me from His care. Nothing can separate me from His angels surrounding me. Nothing comes against me that will prosper. Why? Because I'm part, I've got this passport that says, I'm part of the kingdom of heaven. And so long as I'm submitted to Him, so long as I continue to walk in His ways, you know, He is with me. And He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If He's never going to forsake me or leave me, then I'm good to go in my life, in my circumstances. So we have God's protection. But in Christ, we've also been given rights and privileges as citizens of heaven. And one of these, one of these privileges or, or rights, we could even say this, is access to God the Father. We see this in, in Hebrews 4.16, that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to find the help we need, to find mercy and grace and to help us through the things we're going through. We can come boldly. Why? Because we have rightful access. Do you know what? Jesus paid a price so that we could have a heavenly passport. And when we need to come to the Lord for something, when we need to come to the Father for something, we have access to the Father because we are a citizen of heaven. Those who are not citizens of heaven do not have access to the throne room of God like we do. Why? Because we have Jesus. When Jesus is part of our lives. Do you know what? We have access to go to the Father. That's part of the privilege that you and I have. We've also, we've mentioned this in the past, but we've access to all of God's promises. It's entitled to us because we're part of a city. We're a part of God's kingdom. And so everything, when we're part of His, His new kingdom that He's established, do you know what? All that He says that are, are in the entitlement to the citizens of heaven, they're ours. We don't have to work for them. You don't have to work to have free health care, do you? You might have to wait in line. But that's not working for it. It's entitled to you as being part of this country. Do you know, we don't have to work for the things that God has already provided for us. Because they're ours. God, Jesus, has paid the price to make it freely available. You and I have the part to play as actually exercising those things. To, to use it. We could die at home all the while when there's free health care at the hospital. The same thing is we can face our situations and, and be crippled by them. And all the while we have free access to, 
to the heavenly throne room of God to get help and, and everything that we need, all the provisions, all the promises, they're all there. But you and I have to access them as his citizens. They're ours to take hold of, but we have to use them. The same thing is there's benefits. You know, if there's social care in this country, if you're in a difficult situation, well, you know what? But you have to sign on. You have to actually apply yourself to those things. They don't just come. Same thing goes for us. You know, one of the amazing things about being a citizen of heaven is that we can ask for anything according to God's will and it will be done in Jesus' name. You and I, can you just think of it? We give our lives to Jesus. We've done nothing for this. Jesus has done everything. But now that we're a citizen, anything that we ask according to his will will be done. We have that kind of authority given to us because we're a citizen of heaven. Guys, this is amazing. Again, we looked at this last week. We're free from the law of sin and death. This is what is a right and privilege that God has given us because we're part of his kingdom. The list could go on, but I want to move on to the next thought of this. As citizens of heaven, we have God's protection. We're given the rights and privileges of being citizens, but also being a citizen, there's responsibility that comes with being a citizen. And one of these responsibilities is to live for the eternal and not the temporal. Do you know, you and I, it's very easy, even as believers, to get caught up in the same things that the world gets caught up in. That we live for the now. Can I tell you what? We are not to live for the now. Yes, we live in the now, but actually we, we live for what's eternal. We, our perspective of how we live life, because we're, we're not here, we're not from here, we're actually now from heaven, Actually, we need to live for kingdom purposes. We need to live for an eternal perspective. We're not just to exist here for our own purposes. Jesus talked about storing up in heaven our, our, our treasures instead of things on earth. Just living to fulfill his plan. Do you know there's a passage in scripture in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Where it talks, this passage in Hebrews 11 is, is all about the, the um, kind of the, the real men of faith or women of faith. But look at what's written about them in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 to 16. All of these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on the earth. People who saw such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country that they had left, they had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. All of these great people in Scripture lived their lives aware that they were only here as pilgrims. Do you know, can I tell you what? This is not your eternal destiny. You're only a pilgrim passing through. You've got a destination. You're going to return to your homeland. You know, I've discovered living, Don and I have lived in Holland for a few years. We've lived in Canada for a few years. And we've lived here for a few years. And you know, it's the funny thing is that when you live in other countries for a while, you realize nowhere actually feels completely like home. Anyone who's lived here from another country can appreciate that. 
there's always a bit of Canada you, you kind of miss. But when we're in Canada, oh, I really miss this about England or I miss this about Holland. When we were in Holland, we miss things about... It's like everywhere you go, it's like you start to realize this. Nowhere quite matches the need. Because you realize actually this is not where it is. We're, I'm only here kind of on a journey. I'm just passing through. You and I are passing through. We've got a certain amount of time on this planet, but we're passing through onto something eternal. You and I are eternal beings, and this is only a segment of our time. We're here on this earth just passing through. And so in passing through in this journey, we're called to represent his kingdom here on earth. And so although God says you're now a citizen of heaven, you're called now to represent my kingdom here in another country. We see in Colossians or Corinthians this, this call to be his ambassadors, representing him, imploring others to be reconciled to God on his behalf. You and I are here as citizens, but we're also representing the kingdom here on earth. And so our focus is not here. Our focus is heaven. But while we're here, we're, we're representing the kingdom's purposes. We're, we're saying, even Jesus says, the prayer, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This is the prayer that we are bringing because God actually calls us to bring his kingdom to earth. His plans to our environment. Actually, that the world around us would see that there's a heavenly kingdom, that we're citizens of God. And so when we're walking on the streets, when we're at work, when we're in different places, we're representing, and people look at us, they're rep we're representing a different kingdom because of how we live and act. And we're drawing people to also become citizens of heaven. I love your accent. Where are you from? I'm from heaven. You speak differently. You show love and compassion. Yeah, it's because I'm from a different place. I'm from heaven. In, in our country, we, we love one another. In our country, actually, people get healed. In, in our country, actually, there's, uh, there's provision and there's peace and joy. It's a great place to be. I really miss it. I'm looking forward to going there, but I'm on assignment right now to live here. You see, this can be packaged in all different ways. Paul says in Romans, you know, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. What is he saying? He said, actually live like a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Don't live like the rest of the world. Because when we live like the rest of the world, we conform to its, its culture, its way. But actually God says, I want you to live like a citizen of heaven. I'm there protecting you. You've got bodyguards around you. I, my, all my provisions are there. Everything allows you to walk with kind of diplomatic or spiritual immunity. You're here on this planet with his hand upon our lives, his anointing upon us, but we now need to represent his kingdom, have a heavenly perspective, and live out his plans and purposes while we're here as pilgrims. But never looking at this is the final destination. It's not. You are not English. You're from the kingdom of heaven. You're not Italian or Welsh or Scottish or wherever else you're from. You know what? You're from the kingdom of heaven. And that's an awesome thing. We represent his kingdom, but we remember where we're from. You know, sometimes one can forget your heritage.
In Christ, our citizenship sh shifted. We're no longer from here. It's where we're going. And so with that, the challenge for us is to not get entangled with this world. Because it's not where we belong. It's not about the stuff. It's not about it. storing up treasures here on earth. Jesus says, you know what? Those things will pass away. You can have lots of money in the bank. You can have a really nice car. You can have all of those things. Nice house. Fame and fortune. But you know what? It's all going to pass away. It doesn't matter in the long run. We're, we're like grass that's here today, gone tomorrow, here. But actually, if you store up, if you position yourself, that live, you're living for the kingdom. Do you know what? Everything you do, every investment, every time you live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, that which you do, which is for the kingdom's benefit, that investment is being stored up for eternal withdrawal. That investment of your time and energy into the things of the kingdom of heaven, you'll receive an eternal reward for. What does that mean, eternal reward? It means we can benefit from that reward forever. In our lifetime, we're encouraged to save up finances for our retirement, and I would agree that's a wise thing to do. But those are finite resources, aren't they? You live long enough, you'll probably burn through most of your money. Especially in social care, as some of you would be able to attest to in relatives going through social care. The fact is that when we invest our lives to the kingdom of heaven, we are able to benefit from that investment for the rest of our eternity. Wow. And you know what God says? Because he's a just God, everything that we do he takes note of. He, 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 he's monitoring our lives. And just as we can give an account for our lives for the things we have done that are not good, actually, we, we'll also give an account for all the things we did for his kingdom. And all of those things will be rewarded for. And so, guys, what is, what's the point of this? Is that you and I, when we say, I now give my life to Jesus, you have now changed your citizenship from this earth to heaven. And because of that, everything changes. We can't just live as we once were because we're not citizens of this earth. We're citizens of this earth in this domain. But actually, we're citizens of God's kingdom. And because of that, he calls us to live in, in his plan and his purposes, which is higher. It's greater. As I was thinking through this, for me, it's always important. What is the application of this? What is the application? One is that we don't live in fear. Why? Because we have a God that protects us as his, as his citizens. Secondly, is we access that which has been provided for us as his citizens. I mean, you could say we're also his family. But looking at it in this context of being citizens, we, we can access all that's been provided. But also then we need to step into the responsibilities and represent his kingdom here on earth, but not forgetting where we're from and where we're going. No matter how many years I'm in this country, in the earthly sense, I'll always be Canadian. Yes? I know I fooled some of you with my accent. 
you thought, oh, he's so close to being English. But the reality is I was born in England, right? Sorry, I was born. I'm even fooling myself. I'll always be from Canada, right? I might have a British passport, though I don't, but at some point I will. You can't get rid of me that easy. But that will always be where I'm from. And you know what? When we come to Christ, eternally, that is where we're from. We're from his kingdom. And even though we're in this world, we'll always be from his kingdom. We're always from, we're always a citizen of heaven. That's, that will never change. No matter where you go, you could go to Africa, you could go to China. You, it doesn't matter where you find yourself, you're always representing his kingdom. Because you always have the passport of the kingdom of God, which is Jesus' blood on your life. You're marked as being a citizen of, of God's kingdom. I'll tell you what, as we think through it, even as I was meditating on it, there's so many ramifications of this. I think this is exciting stuff. It is exciting stuff as we live out our life. And I was thinking how to close this. How do we, how do we close this sort of thing? And I was thinking of the military here or police or anyone who gives themselves to the service of the country. They pledge allegiance to the queen, right? They, they, they say, actually, I'm committing myself to the purposes of this kingdom, the United Kingdom, and the queen and the monarchy. But I thought, you know, there's an allegiance or a pledge of allegiance we can make to our king as a response, saying, you know what? Today, I'm a citizen of heaven. You know, we sing our national anthem, anthem, God save our gracious queen. But you know what? We have a king that deserves even more allegiance than our queen. And I think this morning, as a kind of a, this is very a kind of a patriotic message about the kingdom. But in response, I think it would be good for us to pledge allegiance to the king this morning. Saying, you know what? We are your citizens and we will take our responsibilities and we will represent your kingdom in the places that we work, in our families, and everything else. We'll do that today. And so maybe as a, as a sovereign act, is to stand. We're going to put a hand on our chests, our hearts, and we're going to make a pledge of allegiance to our God this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.